coming up. So we get challenged, but none of the day of worship, it wasn't the style of worship, it wasn't the style of music, it wasn't the denominational doctrine that allowed you to receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay. It, it wasn't that. It, 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 you don't have the Holy Spirit because you're Pentecostal. <laughs> you don't have the Holy Spirit because you're charismatic. You don't have the Holy Spirit because you're, you're Baptist, because you're Catholic, because you're whatever. You got the Holy Spirit according to the Bible the day you believe. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. It is extremely important for followers of Jesus Christ to know how to live out our faith, especially in midst of strong spiritual, emotional, intellectual, and habitual forces that try to keep us from doing it successfully. Join Pastor Rob and his wife Carolyn as they unpack some key and helpful principles from Apostle Paul's message to the churches in Galatia. Here's the first message in the series, There's Only One True Gospel, Part 2. It delivers eternal salvation. But you might say, well, none of us has been on the other side, have been on the other side. How can I be sure that it delivers it? Because none of us have been there to receive it um, on the other side. That's a great question, okay? And so that takes us to see here, write this down. How do I know I'm trusting and believing the one that delivers salvation? How do I know that I'm trusting and believing the one that delivers salvation, speaking of the gospel as the one. So I want to give you five reasons that we know that the, the gospel we're trusting and believing is the one. <clears throat> First, number one, God the Father prophesied about it. God the Father prophesied about it. This happened back in the garden, back in the garden, Genesis 3.15. It says, and this is God speaking, I will make you, speaking to the devil the, and the woman, enemies to each other. Your children and her children will be enemies. You will bite her child's foot, but he will crush your head. And her child that God is speaking here is ultimately Christ Jesus. Amen. And so there's going to be Christ Jesus is going to be enemies with the devil. The devil's going to bite his foot, but Jesus is going to crush his head. This is God's prophecy that this is going to happen. All right. And this references in, to the, the gospel of Christ, death, burial, and resurrection of our Amen. Lord. Amen. And ultimately, Jesus dealt death its blow when he got up out the grave. Yeah. So the enemy's already defeated. So the enemy's already defeated. God the Father prophesied about it. Mm -hmm. That's the first way we know you know that you got the right gospel. Second, number two, write this down. God the Son prophesied about it. <laughs> God the Son prophesied about it. Mm -hmm. you know, Matthew 16, 21 says this. Uh, 
From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Look what they said, the text says about Jesus. This is Jesus them talking about the, the gospel of Christ, the death, glory, and resurrection before it even happened. Mm -hmm. All right. Jesus was teaching his disciples about it. He explained to him. And by the way, this happened, this text picks up right after Jesus says, who do men say I am? Mm -hmm. And then he says, who do you say I am? Mm -hmm. And then Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus says, nobody but my, fa my father revealed that to you. Hmm. This text picks up right after that happened. And so yeah. it's telling them right then that the gospel is going to happen. And then in Matthew 20, 18 and 19, Jesus says this himself in his own words. He says, we are going up to Jerusalem. And the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the chief, chief teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he will be raised to life. Mm -hmm. So Jesus speaking about the son of man himself and how I'm, he said, I'm going to be condemned to death. I'm going to be mocked, flogged and crucified. But guess what? I'll be getting up on the third day. Amen. Thank Jesus prophesied about it. Thank God he got up. Okay. And so, so that's the second reason that you know that you're you're you have accepted a gospel that God the Father prophesied about, God the Son prophesied about. And number three, write this down. God, y'all know, y'all know what's coming next. God the Holy Spirit led prophets who spoke about it. Amen. God, the Holy Spirit, led prophets who spoke about it. Second Peter 1.21 says, no prophecy ever came from what some person wanted to say. Hmm. But people were led by the Holy Spirit and spoke words from God. Amen. So the books of the prophets were they they spoke what they wrote, what they spoke and wrote what they wrote as they were led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And there are many prophets. Every book of the Bible was referencing or talking about Christ. Every book in the Bible. And so this is how you know. All right. Mm -hmm. And look at what Hosea says, the book of Hosea, one of the prophets in chapter six, verses one through three. It says, come, let us, God speaking, um, oh, um, through Hosea, come let us return to the Lord. So this is a, uh, a prophecy of repentance. Mm. Come let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us and, and that he, we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As sure, surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. Now, understand when the prophets speak, they're speaking to a 
present need or situation at the time. Mm -hmm. So at the time, the people of God needed to repent and return to God. So he's talking to the, the people to repent. But at the same time, it's a prophecy of Christ's resurrection that would happen later when it says that he will restore us on the third day. And as followers of Christ on the third day, restoration came to up for yes. us. Yes, yes. Because it 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 took the sting out of death. It said that death no longer will will be a barrier for us. Amen. That we can rise above death when Christ got up. So this was a prophecy referencing the resurrection of our Lord. Amen. And they were led by the Holy Spirit when they gave these prophecies. The fourth way we know that you have we have the right gospel is ordinary people experience it ordinary people experienced it yes ordinary people experienced the gospel mm -hmm. and what this did was it fulfilled the prophecies that the that had come through the prophets about the gospel because they lived through it they were alive when it happened Look what Paul says in his letter to the Corinthian church in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, verse 3 through 8. It says, for what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and, to, and then to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers mm. and sisters at the same time, mm. most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Now, I'm going to pause right there for a minute. I want to make sure we're tracking here. So... Uh, it says that Christ appeared to Cephas. Yeah. We're talking after resurrection. Then he appeared to the 12. Mm -hmm. And then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters. At the same time. At the same time. <laughs> <laughs> the All same right. Time. That part. Yeah, that part. <laughs> and he says, and most of them are still alive at the time he's writing this letter. At the time Paul wrote this letter, most of the people Christ appeared to after the resurrection were still alive, though some of them slept. Now, get this. The, the scholars believe that this letter was written around 55, 56 A.D. That's when this letter was written. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, understand when we say 55, 56 AD, AD represents in the days of our Lord. So it includes the birth of Christ. Mm -hmm. This, this is, AD doesn't mean after the death of Christ. You know, like you might've heard somebody saying, you may have even thought of yourself, AD, A is not for after death. AD is not for after death. It, it means Adonai, which is in the days of the Lord. So it includes his, 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 uh, birth. Mm -hmm. So what we're looking at is uh, 20 something years 
after Christ died and rose. Because you said it was A.D. what? 50? 55 or 56. 55 or 56, and then he lived to be... Jesus lived to be 33 years old. Yeah. All right? So, um, and the letter he wrote to Galatia, the one that we're focusing on in this series, that was written around 49 A.D. So it was written even before this letter was written. So both of them, both of these letters, Corinthian letter and the Galatians letter was written, you know, less than 25 years after Christ died and rose. So hopefully now you're thinking back, you know, in your life, how easily and freshly you remember 25 years ago. Okay. Uh, I've been out of high school longer than that. And high school seemed like it was yesterday. <laughs> right? All right. Just think about it. Let's think about it. Let's think about a nine 11 happened in 2001, yeah. 19 years. Is that still fresh? Don't you not remember where you were, when it happened? Some vivid things about the incident, especially because you've been talking about it all during that time. Yeah. So keeping the memory fresh. Right. Mind. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then think about the earthquake, the, the 89 earthquake. Y'all remember that? Well, not, not all of them. Well, not all, not all of us. Yeah, some of y'all wasn't even born yet. That's why my son wasn't even born yet, a matter of fact. Um, but those that were here, you remember the earthquake vividly. So Paul is saying that the, the uh, many of the people who he appeared to are still living when he wrote this letter. So there are people who are alive who could refute the letter, dispute the letter. Mm -hmm. But there are witnesses, there are living witnesses of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ at the time he wrote the letter. That is significant. That's just like somebody coming and trying to tell you that 9-11 didn't happen when you was alive when it happened. Right. Y'all, y'all get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so this is why the this, this is an important fact for us to understand and know. And so you're not going to buy that 9-11 didn't happen kind of thing. You know, I was there. What do you mean? And then especially if you saw the resurrected Christ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was many of the people who saw the resurrected Christ were still alive mm-hmm. at the time he wrote the letter. Yeah, because like we saw, we were here when 9-11 happened. Yes. We saw it on TV. We heard the news and everything about it. But there are some people that was actually there. Yeah, right. At the yeah, site. At the site. And with the 89 earthquake, some of us actually drove by the Cypress overpass that's right and went to go see it not just saw it on tv yeah. but saw it with your natural eye right you were you was a lot not only did you feel the earthquake you felt the rocking and the rumbling and the rolling and everything you experienced it and then you you saw the the evidence of it yep and we experienced the aftermath and we experienced the yeah. aftermath yeah. of it so when some when, when paul is writing this to the church in galatia He's saying that's why he's so astonished that they is partly why he's so astonished that they have turned to another gospel because 
it is still fresh. It's, it ain't been that long ago. It should be still fresh. It should be. We do, th- we do stuff like that nowadays. It's like, wait a minute. How, how are you back in that same situation? Did you right. not remember what happened to you last exactly. time? Exactly. I remember. So how come you don't? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so um, this is a reason of, uh, that we know we got the right gospel because the gospel that we have uh, when it was proclaimed, even here in this letter, there were people alive who had saw the resurrected Christ. That's right. All yeah. right. Yeah. And then Paul reads on. Number seven. In 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 First Corinthians fifteen, um, verse seven. Seven. Okay. He says, after he talks about Christ appeared to Cephas, to the twelve, and to the five hundred, he says, then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. And so Paul says, I saw the resurrected Christ. Mm -hmm. In my Damascus experience, I encountered the resurrected Christ. And so Paul says, no, this, this is a real deal. This is a big deal. And it's the real deal. It is the truth. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so here's the, and that doesn't, that's not all the reasons why. Though these are great reasons, that's not the all the reasons why we know we got the right one. Number five, the fifth reason we know we have the right gospel, God has confirmed it inside of you. God has confirmed it inside of you. Amen. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. All right. Y'all heard the message, the gospel of your salvation? Yeah, you have. Mm-hmm. He goes on, it goes on and says, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, mm-hmm. the promise of the Holy Spirit. All right, I'm gonna pause right there for a minute. Okay. The text says, when you believed. Yeah. You were marked. Not that, not that you, when you believed, it was set for you to be marked. No, at the time that you believed, you were marked and you were sealed mm-hmm. with the promise of the Holy Spirit. When I believed, even before I was baptized, even before you were baptized, mm-hmm. you, when you believed, yes, you were marked. And sealed. Mm-hmm. Okay, he goes on and says, yeah. and and to give us a context of the sealing, verse fourteen, he says, "Who who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory." So the yeah. text says that when you receive the promised Holy Spirit, when you believed mm-hmm. that this was a deposit a guarantee of your inheritance and your redemption. Mm-hmm. All right. Any of y'all ever put down a deposit on something? Yeah. Any of y'all ever gave a guarantee on something? I know super agent, he's very familiar with this because <laughs> he's he's he been dealing with this a whole lot lately. Praise God, super agent. <laughs> Folks putting down deposits and guaranteeing, yep, I'm going to buy this house. They put down that big deposit. I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to buy this house. 
the Bible's telling us God sealed us mm -hmm. by giving us his spirit. And that was the deposit or the guarantee of our redemption. Amen. All right. Amen. When you believed. So, you know, from what's happened inside of you, that this is the right gospel. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Paul makes this even clear to the church and churches in Galatia. In Galatians chapter three, verse one through five, Paul says this to them. He's in his bag. Remember, Paul's in his yeah. bag. He says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your, your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? says, tell me, how did you receive the spirit? Now, remember, the reception of the spirit comes at belief, and it is God's guarantee um, that you um, have eternal life or eternal salvation. And he, and he goes on to say in verse three, are you so foolish after beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? I want to pause on that a little bit. Because if you began and received this guarantee and began this relationship with God of being eternally saved by the Spirit, why would you begin to finish it with the flesh? Mm. He says you're foolish for doing that. Mm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense. We get challenged the same kind of way. We do. Let's finish what Paul's saying here. We'll talk about it a little bit. Verse four, he goes on to say, have you experienced so much in vain? If it is, if it is really, if it really was in vain. So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard. Amen. Clearly Paul is saying, and they know exactly what he's saying. Mm -hmm. We receive the spirit by receiving what we heard, not by fleshly things. Yeah. He goes in on them. He says it's foolish to start out with the spirit and then end up with the flesh. And this is a challenge to us today, even to, you know, to us too. It won't look exactly like it looked for them at this time, because they were telling them that they not only needed to believe, but they also needed to be circumcised. And we'll deal with that in some um, later messages. But it comes at us in different kinds of ways, too. I shared one with you with the guy saying, are you accepting and affirming of this fleshly relationship in order for us to be a bona fide proclaimer of the gospel of Christ? But it comes at us in the form of denominations. Mm. 
where we attach our denominational doctrines mm. to the gospel of Christ to, to affirm. It comes at us in styles of music. Yeah, we, if you're not doing this kind of style of music, then your church is not an adequate church. It comes in style of worship. If you're not worshiping this kind of way, then it's not inadequate. It comes in day of worship. <laughs> you don't worship on this day, then you're inadequate. Mm. So we get challenged. But none of the day of worship, it wasn't the style of worship. It wasn't the style of music. It wasn't the denominational doctrine that allowed you to receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay. It, it wasn't that. It, 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 you don't have the Holy Spirit because you're Pentecostal. <laughs> you don't have the Holy Spirit because you're charismatic. You don't have the Holy Spirit because you're, you're Baptist, because you're Catholic, because you're whatever. You got the Holy Spirit according to the Bible. The day you believed Amen. that right. Jesus died for your right. sins, that he was buried and he rose on the third day. Amen. That's when you receive the Holy Spirit of promise and we're sealed. We're sealed eternally to get eternal salvation from God. All that other stuff is not part of the equation, the equation. But folks will try to make you add it to it. Right. And if you don't have this, this style, this day, this, this denominational yeah. doctrine, yeah. then you're not sealed. Mm -hmm. Then you don't have eternal salvation. Yeah. And that's not what the Bible teaches us. That's right. That's right. So that's Paul right. says, I'm, I'm, I'm who bewitched you to the mm -hmm. church and churches in right. Galatia? Who's right. confusing you that you will be so quickly removed from what you receive. And all of us have had an experience with God. Don't let nothing else slowly seep in into your, your mindset, into your psyche, into your belief mm -hmm. system that gets you away from that core thing that makes you saved. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not politics. <laughs> it's not denominational doctrines. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I want to make the gospel of Jesus Christ the forefront of my message. Why? Because it's the one and only true good news. That's right. That you can be saved eternally yes. by believing and accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. That's what I want to proclaim. Amen. That's what we should proclaim. So they were not susceptible to these other gospels that try to come in and, and uh, as the text said, to distort, um, to discredit what it said in the passage it said to, uh, oh, it, it. Said, it says pervert in uh, Galatians 1, 6 through 9 that they, it will pervert the gospel of Christ. Somebody's gonna try to do that. Don't let it happen. 
understand another gospel is under God's curse, not your own. Just continue to accept what you receive and then turn away from any other, any other gospel. God bless you. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. Paul had an experience that changed his life. And you might say, well, I haven't had anything so um, outstanding as Paul had. Okay, that, that may be true. But I tell you this, and I believe that the God who saved you, if he has something for you to do, and he does, he will communicate it to you in some kind of way. And we just got to get ourselves in a place or position where we can hear it. Thank you for listening.